What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into another creepy movie, spooky movie, spooky and creepy and funny. And funny, I was going to say. Kind of funny. <laughs> um, but yes, we are going into some untread territory, unbeknownst to us, at least for mm-hmm. the homies, kind of. We've tentatively stepped into the werewolf genre before. However, we haven't done a we haven't done a solo episode on a werewolf movie until now. True, that is true. Somehow, it's really weird because we've been around now for almost three years, and somehow we have avoided werewolves, werewolves. like the plague. I have no idea how, and we've met, we've brought up, um, in just our solo conversations, multiple times, have brought up werewolf movies that we would like to cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we never covered them. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what happened, but we didn't cover those movies, and it wasn't until today that I went back through our episodes just to be sure, and yes, lo and behold... The only time we've covered a werewolf movie was in our into the our second into the dark countdown. Right, because there was a werewolf present for that. Very slight presence werewolves have had on our channel. And you might think, look, this is all going to sound very suspicious because if you were in our stream on Monday, this past Monday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might have heard me talking a little bit of shit about <laughs> a certain werewolf mm-hmm. who has been grinding my gears for years and who I think does not come correct, who steps out of line <laughs> and whose wig was wiggy. And I don't like that. This, the werewolf <laughs> in question is Jacob from Twilight. So you might think that I have a vendetta against werewolves. You would be wrong. I uh, actually really allegedly, like allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Now I, I like werewolves. I like, I like werewolf movies as well. I've many, most of the werewolf movies that I've seen, I've enjoyed. Like I can't think of one right now that I didn't like. And Mm -hmm. I think werewolves are one of those things where kind of similar, similarly to vampire movies, I don't necessarily seek them out often, but I'm always excited to watch werewolf movies. I am always interested to see what the design is going to be, what the lore is going to be in them. And also what I like about werewolf movies is there's a more... Because it's usually about a person who is like trying to be a normal person when it's not a full moon or whatever the the lore is with that particular wolf. There's like the stories feel more human and you kind of get to dive into the 
mystery of werewolf movies sometimes, Mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. And also, too, like the special effects in werewolf movies are usually slightly ridiculous in some cases, but also really, really great in in other cases. Oh, yeah. Like, Like you always look forward to that werewolf transformation. Like, you're always waiting for that. Yeah. The transformation is key. And werewolf movies... I maybe you just haven't felt as oversaturated with them as I possibly have with vampire movies. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's why I'm still fairly excited, get excited about them. But well, it almost feels like werewolf. there's not as many too. just yeah. that, that could be my own obliviousness towards the genre or subgenre in general. But I just feel like as far as werewolf goes, <laughs> You, you'll see them a lot in different mm-hmm. horror or like fantasy style movies and TV shows, but it's not like super often that I feel like they're the main focus. Like I do feel like they kind of unfortunately play second fiddle a lot of the time to vampires. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that could just be me and no, my, and my yeah. own lack of knowledge. No, that's fair. I feel like we had a little bit of a time where werewolves always kind of felt like the subplot in a vampire movie because right. or in a vampire or anything, because I remember Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oz was one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had a little crush on Seth Green. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but Oz was one of my favorite characters and I liked all the werewolf stuff. But he was uh, like a side story to the main vampire plot. Same thing with like Underworld. Even when you get into the movies with like Van Helsing and things like that, the werewolves feel more like a, just an additional aspect of the story more so than the meat of the story. They're just kind of (laughs) there. They're like, and we have werewolves too, (laughs) more so than like a werewolf Mm -hmm. story. It always feels like, too, we're not even focusing so much on, like, just the werewolf, but it's always about, like, the conflict between vampires and werewolves, right? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're always buttonheads and trying to bite each other and whatnot. Um, funny enough, you know what show I was obsessed with? I think we've talked about this, but, like, there was a period of time where I just could not, for the life of me, stop watching Teen Wolf. The, I'm, I'm talking oh. MTV <laughs> status, team yeah. Teen Wolf. I there was something about that show. I was looking, I was checking for it every every single week. I was like, give me more. I don't know what it is about this teen drama. Maybe this is the Twilight energy that people have been trying to express and explain to me. But I fucking love mm-hmm. that show. <laughs> I was not. I never got into Teen Wolf. I think maybe I saw an episode. Uh huh. I can't I can't in all good conscience say that the show is good, but I will fully <laughs> say that I enjoyed the heck out of it. They're making a movie now. I don't oh, know are if they? you finished the show. Yeah. Oh no, I, I didn't finish the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> For how much I'm praising it and liking it right now, nah, I definitely fell off at some point, but Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, I think I was I think I was in there for a solid like two, two and a half seasons though. Like I gave it a good run. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty good. But I and I feel like maybe that the 
werewolves maybe do lean into the cheesiness factor um easily more so i feel like you could meld that really well with like a teen drama show Mm -hmm. but but at the same time werewolves can be very spooky and i think you can have some really great stories that are built upon the idea of werewolves there are some great classics that have it like an american werewolf in london yeah i think that was one of my first werewolf movies amazing Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it in the future i'm sure but that's a great movie the howling ginger snaps even there's this movie called like um (laughs) blood and chocolate that you've told me about this but i've never watched it yeah I don't know if I could really in good faith recommend it to anybody, but <laughs> I love it because it really leans into the that kind of melodramatic aspect of werewolves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about werewolves that I really enjoy. I really like. And I think that werewolves kind of remind me of Halloween almost more than vampires do. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think... I feel like I, I, there were more cartoons when I was a kid that featured werewolves than vampires. Yeah, I can see that. And you know this already. I'm not a Twilight guy, so I do not subscribe to either Team Edward or Jacob. <laughs> However, in the grand scope of these two mythical creatures, I think I definitely my interest leans more on werewolves than vampires. And kind of always mm-hmm. has. I, something about them has always been a little bit more interesting to me. I am also a moon person, though. I, I do love the moon. So maybe, maybe there's a little <laughs> werewolf within myself that I'm still what? coming to terms with. I love the moon. So maybe. It's true. I, I've never I heard anybody say, I, I've never heard anyone say they hate the moon. <laughs> you don't like the moon? You got something against the moon? I do La like Luna? the moon. It's just, it's just a funny statement because I don't, you don't hear people be like, oh man, I hate the moon. So it's just funny to be like. No, let it be on record. This might be Bro, controversial, but. Love the moon. All right. No shame. No cap. I'm a moon lover. Deal with it. This this might be a hot take, but I love the moon. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But no, it's true. Moons moons are important in werewolf lore. Although, well, no, that seems to still be the case in the circumstances of our werewolf within our movie, Werewolves Mm -hmm. Within, Mm -hmm. which... Is a movie that you've been wanting to talk about for a hot minute. True, true. Um, and most most of that comes from us covering Scare Me. When we covered Scare Me, it like introduced me to Josh Rubin. So seeing that he was the director, I was very, very interested in checking this movie out. But I know we had to kind of put it off for a little bit. And then subsequently, I myself put off watching it for a while. Um, so I am excited to finally get to talk about it because it has been on my watch list for a hot minute now. Same. I was really excited to check it out. Also, I was perplexed because when I went to go watch this, I thought I was going to have to rent it on Amazon Prime. But apparently I have Showtime. I think I maybe signed up for Showtime for to watch a movie in the past and forgot to cancel the subscription before the free mm-hmm. trial ran out. <laughs> I uh, I think it was something recent because I, too, had that same instance of I thought I was going to have to pay for this. 
I have Showtime. <laughs> Something we covered in the past month required yeah. some Showtime <laughs> trials. But I guess it's about that time. Should we go ahead and hop into this Werewolf Who Done It movie? Yes, please. Homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, as we said, we are talking about Werewolves Within, which is directed by Josh Rubin uh, with a screenplay written by Mishna Wolf based on the video game Werewolves Within from Ubisoft, starring a big old cast, but we'll try and go through everybody, uh, Sam Richardson as Finn Wheeler, uh, Milana Vantrub as Cecily, George Basil as Marcus, Sarah Burns as Gwen, Michael Chernus as Pete, Michaela Watkins as Trisha, Catherine Curtin as Janine, Wayne Duvall as Sam, Harvey Gillian as Joaquim, Cheyenne Jackson as Devin, and Glenn Flesher as Emerson. Finn Wheeler, a Mr. Rogers-esque forest ranger, arrives at the small town of Beaverfield and is immediately thrust into conflict. The town is divided over a proposed gas pipeline, and with a vote in the works, tensions are high. But when a body is discovered and a snowstorm traps the residents of the town inside the local inn, it becomes clear that a pipeline is the least of this town's worries. Insert touchy locals, nosy postal workers, and man-eating lycanthropes here. Our film concludes with Ranger Finn and company trying to find out who among them is a werewolf. But will being a good neighbor be enough to keep the residents of Beaverfield alive? Also, something killed my chachi. Roll credits. All right. <laughs> so, Roshane. R.I.P. Chachi. What's up? Right. <laughs> Shout out to Chachi. Um, since this movie was one that you have been patiently waiting to not only see, but for us to discuss, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Why mm -hmm. don't you tell me yeah. what is in your notebook? I got you. The first note I have here... Um, Kind of skips over the first scene, which we can go back and talk about. But my first note is in regards to Finn Wheeler driving to the town of Beaverfield and goes, are all self-help tapes like this? Question mark. Because the, no. the thing that he's listening to on the radio is pretty wild. No, but you know what's crazy? I'm sure there are some that are like this. I think most of mm -hmm. them are probably not. However, I am also not entirely sure what the topic of the self-help tape is. It seems to be like how to be a man or something of that nature. Yeah, like how to be a man, how to be more assertive or something like that. Because right. Finn, Finn, when we're introduced to him, is a very like 
like we said in the synopsis, very Mr. Rogers-esque, like everything is good, everything is great. He's a very kind, friendly guy. He's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Like he is the epitome of nice guy. And apparently that is something that he is struggling with in his everyday life. Yeah. And so it seems like as we initially see him, he is um, going through, I guess, his ritual of trying to learn to be a more assertive person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finn is a very kind hearted, compassionate guy, very empathetic, very much a neutral like the kind of person who prefers to dispel issues rather than confront them which can also Mm -hmm. make him um like a doormat it seems possibly at times he can easily be bulldozed over and he is really has a really hard time being assertive with situations where it would be appropriate for him to be and so Mm -hmm. one of the I guess journeys that he goes on in this movie is there's this concept that some of the characters keep presenting to him where they make him feel like that characteristic or that quality is bad and in any way, shape or form makes him less of a man than what he is rather than a quality that should be praised because in in this day and age, it's hard to find someone who is genuinely always just looking out for the best interest of people. And so it's like a he has to discover kind of throughout this movie that he can still keep that quality of himself whilst maybe, you know, speaking out a little bit more and standing up for himself. But because just because he does that doesn't mean that he needs to not be a good, nice person. Right. It's like he can still keep that quality within himself and be just as much of a man as anybody else because that's not what defines manliness. Very and true. also, too, like, he can keep that while also instilling maybe a little bit more of um. I don't want to say backbone because he definitely has a backbone for sure. It's just he's very, very... He seems he's a little people pleasing. Yeah. Um, and he's kinda, and he's he can timid. definitely stand up for himself more. Yeah. yeah, he can stand up for himself a lot more. It's Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I I really like the character of Finn Wheeler. Um also Sam does an amazing yeah. job with the portrayal. I feel like he truly hits every beat of this character. Um, whatever notes he was given on, like show us the nicest guy that you can. I really think that he captured that very well. Um, Mm -hmm. I also kind of have a soft spot for Finn because I feel like as a Midwesterner, Finn is who I was before I moved to L.A. um, and then became a bit of an asshole. But like, I feel like Mm -hmm. my heart still resides (laughs) where Finn's does and that like be nice to everyone, treat everyone with respect, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I would definitely I definitely can relate to Finn on that kind of not wanting to tread on anyone's toes or Mm -hmm. stir the pot too much and so i'd rather just say yeah sure that's fine than cause any kind of conflict oh my god i could relate to him so much on on that level just because it's something that i have just never really been able to work past because i really do think uh, i don't know 
So the stuff like that is hard. If you've been a specific way for a, a majority of your life, I do think it's kind of hard to like push yourself to stand mm-hmm. up for yourself yeah. after a specific amount of time. Um, and that's where I feel like I am in life. Like I just really get nervous. Like, and that's what happens to him. You, he gets, <laughs> uh, he gets so worked up and he starts to stammer and it's, you can tell that it's overwhelming for him. And that is something that I will say he does eventually get through in this movie is that you can tell that it's not so, so overwhelming for him by yeah. the end of things to kind of like speak out. But in the beginning, oh my gosh, yeah, you can tell that it's, the idea of speaking out or speaking up trips him up when he tries yeah. to say words. <laughs> which is which is funny because, like, even in this position, like, uh, he is a forest ranger, um, but he is still basically the um, authority of this town that he's going to. Like, he's going to be mm-hmm. the main point of authority here. And it's just a very nice juxtaposition to, like, have that position that he's going to be playing with his personality traits. I think it's very fun to watch that throughout the course of this. And I also enjoy the pathing that his character takes because his character does learn to stand up for himself a little bit more and he does change a little bit, but I love the fact that his core values and the way that he is like deep down as a person doesn't change I think that there is yeah. like some beauty to the fact that he does stay this good neighbor, nice guy through the entire movie. And there are multiple mm-hmm. points where you think, oh, this is going to be the moment where Finn lashes out and he, Mr. Nice Guy gloves are off. But never really happens. Like even in the heat of things and like some of the climax moments, like he still retains this kind hearted nature. And I really love that about yeah. his character. Yeah, no, that's very true because they really do build it up to these with the musical cues and the shooting style. They really build you up when you know, you know, Finn's about to snap and he Mm -hmm. does. But yeah, not in the way that you're expecting. His snapping is making people remember to be nice and to be kind and to be neighborly like he is not going to make you feel bad. He he revolves around like making you remember why you want to be good Mm -hmm. is like his way of of thinking that was royal crown derby look i know it's easy to get caught up in the fear of the situation but can we all just take a breath and remember what we wanted out of this community when we moved here? Yeah, like, like you, Trish. What? I mean, we know that you're devastated by Chachi. Yeah, yeah, I really am. But you made us all those... Soap owl angels. Yeah, those. And I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but that made me feel amazing. I still keep mine on the mantle. Yeah, to my dismay. And Devin, like, I know you feel that everything bad came in with Parker, but, mm-hmm. you know, some of your... Neighbors aren't tech millionaires. You know, a little extra money would mean a lot to them. Well, we're not actually millionaires. Well, are we? Yeah, we're rich. And Janine, you've been so generous. In spite of all your grief. I know it's easy to point the finger and fear each other. 
At its heart, this is a community, you know? One that agrees about more than it doesn't. You know, hard work. Be a good neighbor. Warm place to meet, have a sandwich. Love. But of course, he's moving to this new town who where he's he's never been there before and he doesn't know any of the people. And so right. his mindset coming in is different than the people who have already been there and already have known each other for a while. Yeah. Um, but it's a very small town. Going, I, <laughs> yes. Very, very small. I mean, by the end of this movie, I think we've wiped out the entire population of this town. <laughs> true, true. But, but um, I did want to go back to the very first moment of the movie where we get the quote. Mm -hmm. um, second, yeah. second movie in a row where we've gotten a quote at the very beginning. But I, I thought it was funny how the like intense dramatic musical cue when it said mr rogers i don't know <laughs> i loved it that me crack up but i was like oh man that not the mr rogers quote <laughs> not the mr rogers musical sting <laughs> the mr rogers jump scare <laughs> that title that title card <laughs> sequence i do think is really good because it truly does set up the atmosphere of the movie where it's like mm -hmm. the the things that are happening are dark like there is a dark underlying story to this movie but the lightheartedness of it i think is where a lot of the comedy lies and where a lot of the fun is and so that again yeah. that juxtaposition of like terrible awful things that are happening or like scary spooky with a mr rogers quote is I think mm -hmm. the best way to really sum up the vibe of what you're about to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Especially because like Finn is a very Mr. Rogers-esque type of person. And watching mm -hmm. him navigate these really crazy, horrific scenarios is also very interesting to watch. Because he kind <laughs> of keeps that sunny disposition for most of like uh, basically through the whole thing he kind of yeah. keeps that same positive outlook which is There's, which is fun there was that one part where he slips up like after he sees the first dead body which i did think that moment was really <laughs> fucking funny <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the way they the that way was, they set yeah. that up with the uh, i forget what he says he's like uh like gee willikers or something like that or like ah, oh, what is it yeah he, or Oh no, it's a uh, he says heavens to Betsy, oh, yeah. but he starts, he's like heavens to oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah, he's searching the town for for clues because um shit's starting to hit the fan and like he's going from place to place and every time he sees something, yeah, he's like heavens to Betsy, heavens to Betsy, and then he sees a yeah. dead body. He's like holy shit. And like it's like yeah, that was like, good. That was shit. that was a good little comedic moment there. Yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah, cuz he does something similar at the end where he mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like tries to keep that and then the gravity of the situation i think kind of knocks the cuss words out of him but also too i related to finn because this conversation that he has at the beginning about the speed limit mm -hmm. i have every single time that i drive <laughs> i am i am a very like nervous cautious driver mm -hmm. i 
don't go slow, but I don't, but I go like, you know, the proper amount over the speed right. limit. Every time somebody's on my ass and goes around me, I'm like, I know you're doing 155 <laughs> right now. <laughs> Cause I, cause I can't see you anymore, and I'm ten above. So what are we? <laughs> so what, what are we what's doing? The deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I did relate that. to that conversation <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but I mean, since we're in the ro- we, or since we've been talking about Finn, and this is very mm-hmm. much an ensemble piece. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings about our townsfolk. There are a lot of them, um, so we don't necessarily have to go through every single one right now. But, like, who are some of your favorites? Uh, how did you feel about them, their growth, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so I really enjoyed, surprisingly, I really liked Gwen and Pete yeah (laughs) because they are they for their comedic moments their moments their interactions as a couple Mm -hmm. made me laugh so hard (laughs) because they're so obnoxious but I believed that they were a married couple Mm -hmm. and I feel like they are right in the middle in the sense of their you because you have you have like Trisha and Pete or I'm Tr- Trisha and Pete. I'm sorry. Marcus and Gwen are the couple. And then there's Trisha and Pete. You have Trisha and Pete, who I feel like fall to one specific side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joaquin and Devin, who I also very they, much. Enjoyed. They were they were kind of my favorite, not necessarily just because of their coupleness, but it was how they fit into the town that always made me laugh. Like their reactions to everyone else in the town were some of my favorites. Yes, because Joaquin and Devin are also technically there. They've lived there for a while, but you can tell that a lot of people still see them as outsiders because they are from the city. They've got a lot of money. They're tech people. They are presumably maybe the only gay couple within this town, but they can, it's like they have a very different mentality than the other people that live there. Because one of the big issues that tears a lot of, that causes a lot of conflict is this, is the pipeline issue. They, um, they want to build or Parker wants to build a gas pipeline that would run through the town and but to do so he needs everybody to agree and everybody to kind of sell their properties because they're going to end up tearing a bunch of shit down and they and and it but they he's promising everybody in the town a, a bunch of money from it because it would bring in a lot of money it's a gas pipeline so they'd get a lot of of revenue off of that but so he's promised everyone a bunch of money so half of the people want that because they need the money um devin devin and joaquin don't need the money because they're already rich they they came to this town specifically for the nature and so Mm -hmm. they don't give they're like we don't need this we don't want this and so that's another thing that kind of causes a rift between them and the town but you can tell that they kind of view a lot of the people in the town as like kind of podunk yeah kind of uneducated ridiculous over the top Mm -hmm. and then 
on the flip side, everyone in the town kind of views them as these like rich city sli- slicker crybabies mm-hmm. that that complain and and don't understand the way that everything should work. Right, and I th- I think it's an important thing to note too is that these characters are a little bit heightened. I, oh, I don't yeah. even know if a little bit is the right word. They, these are heightened it. characters, <laughs> so yeah. they are they are leaning into their into their respective stereotypes, which works in this in this scenario because mm-hmm. since this is a horror comedy, like you do like these heightened characters because they it does allow all the actors and actresses actors and actresses to have more fun with the roles. Um, Honestly, a lot of the fun of watching this for me was just to was just seeing the characters react to -hmm. the different moments and then going through and seeing all the different characters reactions because they were so heightened. You knew that you were going to get such a wide variety of of lines, one liners, reactions, feelings. It was a lot of fun. And you can tell that everyone in this cast had a lot of freedom to play around with their characters and really make them their own. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that really lends into the positives of this movie is watching everyone in this town um, interact with each other. It's an absolute blast. Yeah. And kind of seeing everybody's differing opinions of each person is, because mm-hmm. you can tell like who gets along better with who and and who kind of gravitates towards which couples and things like that. And it's kind of fun to see the different ways that people are connected. But so mm-hmm. for for Marcus and Gwen, I yeah, I they're so ridiculous, but I just love the ridiculousness that they lend to because they are just so crass and over the top and just really all about like we're going to make money and and things like that. And I like them being in this particular situation. I just feel like lends very well to the comedy because they yeah are so brash and kind of intense that it works really well i think against all the other characters but like one of my favorite parts in the movie is when dr ellis says that she thinks it's a werewolf and i and then gwen goes like what is this dumbass island and marcus goes dumbass island damn baby you're funny or like whatever he says but i just love the way i don't know why it made me laugh so hard but i think it's just the way that they interact with each other just feels it just feels so i believe that they are a married couple and that they Mm -hmm. have like lived within this town for many years like i i get it yeah, they are very much like a, a unit, like regardless yeah. of how dysfunctional they are, especially like when we first meet them, you can tell that they these two are te- they're peanut butter and jelly like mm-hmm. they they work together. They're always together. They always got each other's back. And it's like it's fun. It's fun to see that. And I do think uh, a couple of the couples do have that energy where I do think like Joaquin and Devin also have that energy of like mm-hmm. whatever one's doing, the other one's kind of got their back. And um, despite how weird of a pairing they are and how much I like don't like them, but I do like them. I do think Pete and Trisha have kind of that energy as well, where it's like they're a bit more separated than the other couples, but they're still 
they're still with each other, you know, like they still got each other's back in like the grand scheme of things, just a bit less than the other couples. I'd yeah, say. they're probably the most dysfunctional of our couples, mainly because Pete is mm-hmm. trying to cheat on Can't. Trisha every <laughs> chance he gets <laughs> on Trisha with literally everyone, <laughs> every single person. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, but yeah, I see what you mean, though. You can tell that they have like a very good rapport with each other. They've obviously been together and know each other in and out. I think, though, I feel like maybe they were my least favorite characters um, only because I think not and not in a Trisha is just the type of character who is meant too great on you after a while yeah and she truly did (laughs) and that's (laughs) just a testament to to the actress and the writing she played the part the way it was meant to be played but trisha is just meant Mm -hmm. to be one of those characters that after a while you're ready for them to just shut it and just go sit in the corner for a minute yeah and along with them we also have a couple of these like outlier not relationship characters um uh, of course we have cecily who is the postal worker um and the first person that finn really like strikes up a friendship slash mini romance with in a way and um she i actually really enjoyed her character i thought that she was a fun addition to the group i think that she although she had her own quirks and things that made her unique i also feel like she for me was the closest to the audience perspective because she was a little bit more realistic in some of her approaches to certain situations where mm-hmm. maybe you could argue that Finn is supposed to be that, but I think the energy that Finn gives is also a character in itself. So it's a little, it's like a sidestep from the objective audience perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But I got a lot of that from Cecily. Yeah. What did you, what did you think about her before moving on to the other characters? her i think in the beginning when we first met her i was a little bit worried because she did feel very similar to finn energy wise and Mm -hmm. i was thinking maybe they were too similar at first and then it was around by the time that we got to the moment in the in the bar yeah um, the kiss or the rejection throwing place. Well, by the time that we got to the moment where he started playing the music on the jukebox and she like danced up to him in slow motion, I uh-huh. I I was I was in it cuz I think especially too with the reveal of this movie, you then realize why she is so similar to Finn is because mm-hmm. she was playing it up to be similar to him. She was she was like you know, trying to match his energy and match someone that she thought he would be into. And not only that, but I think she was also trying to play a very specific character where you would think, oh, she's so innocent and quirky and and just an easy, easy to like and also an easy to underestimate character. So you understand mm-hmm. why she is that way and why she kind of plays the more kind of silly aloof character a little bit more but yeah i i definitely liked her from that moment on i was i was in it and i think even from that moment on she she kind of 
gets a little bit her quirks become different than Finn's for me after that i think once he pisses her off she's she's differentiated herself yeah which i i really like like i like that we had that moment where you think that these characters are going to get together because yeah they are so similar and then finn pulls that absolute bullshit (laughs) and (laughs) cecily is having none of it yeah like they're uh, they're literally about to kiss and then finn gets a call from his ex-girl or his ex-girlfriend and (laughs) side straight up sidesteps the kiss to answer the phone to which Cecily, yeah. of course, is like, what the fuck, bro? Are you dead ass serious? And by and by the, which Finn didn't even realize she was an ex-girlfriend until four minutes prior to <laughs> <laughs> almost kissing Cecily. But which, you know, because it is such a shitty thing that he does that. It is so shitty. But also at the same time, I kind of like i feel for finn because he legitimately did think that i think he's just processing the information that the girl that he thought he was still dating is definitely not wanting to date him anymore and so technically now he is single and able to pursue new things but at the same time like he did just find that out (laughs) and so i think maybe he saw her name pop up and was like oh yeah but it is shit it's shitty from cecily's point of view that's like a shitty thing to do oh of course and just from a game perspective like finn what you doing my guy but (laughs) his the, the what he does in that moment though i like it because it's in line with his character and it's even kind of set up too because right. he spent a majority of this first portion of the movie trying to get in contact with his ex and so of mm-hmm. course the moment that she calls he's going to pick up like i do think it's in line with his character that he reacts the way that he does the way the moment plays out though is just hilarious and i do think it's really fun and i agree with you i like the character shift in Cecily once that happens, because I think we get a more authentic version of her that is Mm -hmm. separate from Finn, although still slightly adjacent because she does still have like kind aspects to her. You can very much tell that she's an individual after that happens. Yeah. And that's the thing about her too, that I think it's, she, she, she is kind and she seems very similar to Finn in that way. But I think also very early on, you get that two facedness from her because mm-hmm. the Finn's introduction to the town is going with her to go deliver a package. And as they're meeting people, she's basically giving him all of the gossip and mm-hmm. kind of laying out, airing everybody's dirty laundry, basically, as they're going through and you can tell that there are times where Finn is like, what? You like, you know, everybody's business kind of a thing. And you can tell that she is a certain way with, especially with Trisha. I think you see it the most with Trisha, where she is, mm-hmm. you know, smiling and happy to her face, but is just not about it as soon as they walk away. Very true. There- There's also, we have the character of Mr. Parker or Sam, who is the guy trying Mm -hmm. to make the pipeline, who is Mm -hmm. basically every old rich white guy who goes hunting. If you take that (laughs) character, stereotype them, and then put them in a movie, you have Sam. And I I liked him because he kind of like, 
we I think we needed that character within the dynamic of this scenario. So I do think that he does play an important role. And he does bring mm-hmm. the central conflict too. So that is another important thing of note. Yeah, he's the most, his character is the most like straight and narrow, feels like clean cut. This is how it is, I think, out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And maybe the most that you don't necessarily find too, too much about. But then once again, that all comes to fruition because we find out that he has a secret motive for wanting to be in Beaver. Beaverfield. Oh, Beaverfield. (laughs) He has has an ulterior motive because he has been hunting the werewolf and has tracked it to Mm -hmm. Beaverfield, who he presumes to be um, Finn. So it makes sense that he kind of keeps things close to the vest because the most that we do find out about him for the majority is just that he's like really pushing for the for the pipeline yeah um and then along with along with uh sam we have janine who is the owner of the local tavern who is Mm -hmm. just like the most sweethardest of let me take care of you old ladies that you can ever meet um Mm -hmm. even to a somewhat pushy degree which again these characters are heightened so you expect that um but i ended up I didn't know how I felt about Janine when the movie started, but I really ended up liking Janine by the end. I really liked Janine. I liked her even when it started because I thought it was kind of funny. And I don't know if this is why, but her insisting on taking his luggage, I felt like mm-hmm. that was her, just her way of like trying to get away from Sam. She just didn't want to yeah. talk to him anymore. <laughs> and so she was like, I will take your luggage, even if it kills me kind of a thing, which I I totally can relate to that (laughs) sort of a mindset (laughs) true she also has one of my favorite subtle comedy moments when she uh goes to like she just found out that her husband is dead and she goes to dr ellis for some comfort and then by the end of it she like attempts to give dr ellis a hug but dr (laughs) ellis has turned away so she just has to like sadly be like oh okay all right bye yes (laughs) but then also that moment also that moment when she's crying on um cecily's shoulder later and finn reaches over to try Mm -hmm. and like pat her knee and she's just too (laughs) far away (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i because she is a bit of an emotional wreck for her for a bit of this movie when she finds out that her husband has been mauled and killed (laughs) by some type of animal Mm. she's she's a bit of um like hysterical for a lot of the movie but not in a way that it feels annoying like i feel like they did a good Mm -hmm. job of still keeping her character intact because you can tell that she's still fighting with this idea of like everybody's here and i need to take care of them but then also this feeling of i'm grieving and this is really hard sort of a sense while still keeping the comedic tones of that and never Mm -hmm. getting too like legitimately emotional (laughs) yeah i just (laughs) her physical comedy moments are so good to me and Mm -hmm. um yeah (laughs) when she throws the tarp off of his body (laughs) (laughs) it's so good everybody starts screaming Oh my God! Ten yeah, out of ten. Uh, <laughs> 10 we out love of we 10. love Janine around here. 
Um, but we also have two more characters who are really like our big outsider characters. Um, one of which is going to be Emerson Flint, I think is his last name. I, I kind of mm-hmm. forget. Yeah. Um, but he's like the the off the grid woodsman who lives on the outskirts of town, who we are very quickly introduced to as a no nonsense, get the fuck off my lawn esque uh, personality. Um, mm-hmm. However, once it's revealed that they're dealing with some sort of creature that is killing off the members of the town, it's funny that he then very quickly becomes the character that everyone's like, one looking towards at first to help and then very quickly afterwards decides nah it's probably him like yeah. he kind of serves as both the solution and the scapegoat for the whole situation which i do think mm-hmm. is kind of fun in conclusion what we're asking is that you you know track this thing down and kill it hmm. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, thank you for your time. You've made yourself perfectly clear. We're just gonna get out of your beard. Mr. Flint, I understand that you're proud of being, you know, tucked away in the outskirts of this town. But you know, you're still a part of this town. This thing is killing people in the place where you live. And the people of this town, everybody's going. Yeah, how the, how the heck are we going to get rid of this monster? You know what? Everybody, every single one of them, they all voted for you. I was really led by you. Cecily, don't touch that, please. Mr. Flint. Emerson. Emerson Flint. People are afraid. And, you know, no, no matter what their differences are, people deserve to feel safe. I guess what we're asking is that you you be a good neighbor, you know, like Mr. Rogers. Hey, I love him. Yeah, Mr. Rogers, huh? Yeah. Who's that? Hmm. Yeah, he he. It didn't he was not as big of a character as I was expecting him to be. I thought he was going to be all up and through this movie. He's really not. And I actually like that. I like yeah. that he is just another aspect of this town that everybody kind of avoids because he prefers it that way. Mm-hmm. And that but that it's this care takes the character of of Finn to kind of pull him out of that and pull him out of the shell. And then it's only when basically the entire town has been slaughtered that he's like, I want to be a good neighbor. (laughs) And it comes out of the woodwork. But I, I like his character. I think he works in the sense of like a red herring, at least for a little bit, especially Mm -hmm. because I think they did a good job writing wise of that moment with Chachi's collar being at Flint's cabin that mm-hmm. moment came early enough for me that even though I was like, I'm pretty sure we are getting a legitimate werewolf, it was interesting to pull him in and kind of have him be involved. And honestly, once everything started working up and building up, I honestly forgot that that had even happened. So I didn't even question why the caller was there. Like, I didn't even second guess any of that. But I mm-hmm. felt like they just did a good job throughout the movie of throwing all of these different 
red herring moments in where I kept forgetting what had happened prior. And so by the time we got to the end, I had completely forgotten that Flint was even in the town. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I so forgot that he was I there did, for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I did. But that made a successful callback for him to come back later. Because most of the time, I would be anticipating that sort of a return just because I hadn't seen that character. But the whole time, I was thinking Janine was going to come in for the assist. Mm-hmm. So when it was him, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, he's probably just been chilling at his cabin this whole time. Yeah, while all this going <laughs> and on. heard some ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> heard the giant explosion up. and was like, maybe <laughs> yeah, I should check out true. what's going on in Beaverfield. True. Probably heard that ginormous, like, nuclear explosion in the middle of the town that thankfully only killed one person. <laughs> right. Which, you know, for the... For this specific movie, we'll let that slide, sure. Yes, um, it's but, fine. Yeah, but then our last uh, outlier character is going to be Dr. Ellis, which is our resident environmentalist who has um, shown up to protest the gas pipeline going through. Um, also played by Rebecca Rebecca Henderson. Not sure if we said that earlier. Um, I <laughs> Now, Dr. Ellis is a weird character. But I got to say, I'm actually very happy that Dr. Ellis was a weird character as opposed to just being a straight character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm glad that Dr. Ellis fit into this mold of kooky, wacky characters rather than just being this by the books scientist style person. Yeah, I. Dr. Ellis made me crack up. I love Dr. Ellis. Her comedy comedy moments were Oh, chef's kiss the when <laughs> they first are looking at the body and she just like slinks from underneath the camera and appears out of nowhere to take a sample <laughs> i was in i was on board for dr ellis she's a character that we don't get once again don't really get too much of um because she she's the one who discovers what's going on who is certain that one of them are a werewolf and so she kind of like says she's gonna hold hold herself up and then gets taken out right after that so we don't get a ton with dr Mm -hmm. ellis but what we do get i really enjoy because she's just such a she's the most outsidery feeling because she's so not about she didn't come here to socialize and she is not about socializing and so she's the one where her interactions with people are interactions that you can tell she wishes were not happening and so the (laughs) awkwardness of them leans very well for the comedy yeah i i very much agree with that um i even love (laughs) her her introduction when it's just she's just hiding in finn's shadow and just pops out of nowhere and then like it's in a very heated moment of discussion where everyone's like we need to figure out who killed Janine's husband? And they're all like, oh, look, it's Dr. Janine. Uh, help us. Or, or sorry, Dr. Janine. Yeah. It's Dr. Ellis. Help us. And Dr. Ellis is just like, I have no idea what's going yeah, on no here. Idea. But yeah. how's it going, guys? Because it's, it's at that moment in time, you almost wonder if you're ever going to meet Dr. Ellis. Because they talk about her a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they say, like, what do you think, Dr. Ellis? And when the camera cuts back over, all you see is Finn. And then he like steps to the side (laughs) and Dr. Ellis is just standing on the (laughs) stairs looking 
super confused, but it's just such a her introduction is exactly how she ends up being through the majority of the movie. Just super not about commute like talking and communicating. And it's funny because everybody's coming to her with these really high emotional situations. They want to know what happened to Chachi. They want to know what happened to her husband. But that's not what Dr. Ellis she's not there for the emotion she's there for the logic mm -hmm. and so she's very like stern and stoic about the situation right so yeah even janine just because janine's like very much a fan of dr ellis mm -hmm. and i i thought that was also really sweet because you can tell that she's like very excited that she's staying there right and so she checks she checks on her often and yeah you can tell that dr ellis is like i'm not equipped to deal with human emotions like this your <laughs> husband got eaten alive i can tell you that for sure <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> that much i can tell you and i will do my best to use science to solve this um but please leave me alone yeah. <laughs> but uh, get out of my room thank you <laughs> um but i know we spent uh, a chunk of time there on the characters but it is very important because in the grand scheme of things um like we said earlier this is a whodunit style movie yeah um very similar to like knives out for those who have seen that um where we get to a point where we've gotten the characters we've gotten several situations some of which are a little bit more suspect than others but now we mm -hmm. reach this kind of moment where the group has to figure out one of us is in fact a werewolf who is it and right i do think the movie does a good job of building out certain um like red herrings and clues to give everybody a little bit of something to work off of for when we get this mm -hmm. eventual conversation um however i am curious to know one how you felt about this uh whodunit aspect and whether or not you were able to clock who was the werewolf ahead of time Okay, so first of all, I love this whole middle them being trapped at the cabin is like, I love it so much. I love a whodunit. This movie kind of reminds me of a mix between like Clue and Fargo, if you've seen those movies. Mm, and I feel that. With like a werewolf thrown in. Yeah. But what I like about the whodunit aspect is that there's not really confirmation that there is in fact a werewolf until basically the end of this movie and so for a long time of this movie i was wondering if there even was a werewolf or if it was same same this idea that maybe there that she thinks it is but in actuality it's something completely different but it's still maybe somebody it's still likely somebody in this room but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a werewolf it just means that they're like doing crazy shit the only mm -hmm. thing that could throw you off from that is the incident with pete but at the same time we don't really know what happened in the incident with pete so i love the mystery aspect of this i think it keeps this movie feeling really fun and really fresh because the entire time that it's happening although it's funny and there are great moments you are also kind of working throughout the movie to kind of try and clock these different situations and kind of see who you feel like is potentially lying or or has ulterior motives i kind of 
I kind of switched back and forth. I thought that for a while there, I honestly was wondering if it might end up being Finn. And mm-hmm. then towards the end, I thought that maybe it was Janine was, uh. was where I started to go towards the end. Cause later in that later section, when it was just the three of them in there, I just thought it was kind of weird that she like popped up out of nowhere. And then they mm-hmm. were like, Oh, go lock yourself in your room. And then we didn't see her again. And I was like, mm-hmm. she's probably running the streets. She's, she's eating people. <laughs> she's out there. Um, so, cause, and especially because I just felt like she, because she was the most interested in Dr. Ellis's kind of moving forward and what she was figuring out. I was like, that could be because she doesn't want her to figure out what's going on. And I thought it was weird that they had had that conversation and Janine hadn't mentioned to anybody else that Dr. Ellis had confirmed it was an animal. Like that's Mm -hmm. the reason that I was leaning towards her. Right. I had now Cicely had run through my head. Mm -hmm. It was like, she had been a, a, a suspect at one point but i i like when that happened i kind of completely wrote her off and just thought it was janine so got you i i, I feel that i uh well first thing i want to bring up real quick before jumping into my predictions is um again this whole movie is loosely based off of a video game called werewolves mm-hmm. within which for people who haven't played, I haven't played the game myself, but from what I can take is basically a uh, VR, very similar experience to Among Us for people who have played that. It's a very popular kind of like point fingers whodunit style game. Mm-hmm. And I do think from the little of the game that I watched to the sequence where they're all trapped in the end, kind of accusing each other, I do think they captured the essence of that game in the moment mm-hmm. very well. And I did, for me, this was both my favorite, but most flawed bit of the movie. And I'll explain why in a little bit. Oh, okay. But I did really, really like this whole, everybody pointing fingers and everybody giving their reasons as to who could be this werewolf. Why is this person, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, since we've played together a couple of times, I do love me a game of Among Us. Like <laughs> any sort of mafia style like game where you got to either cover your tracks or capture the person who is out here trifling. I love those kinds of games. They're really fun with a mm-hmm. big group. And in this particular movie with such a colorful cast of individuals, all with their own reasonings and and their backstories and yada 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 it was very fun to sit there and be like all right which one of you motherfuckers is lying like who is it (laughs) yeah who's gonna be the one and i for me i had honestly i had suspected either cecily or finn for a majority of the movie um, although mm. people did have motivations for why they could have potentially been the werewolf for me, I just felt like we were just spending too much time with those two for it to not be one of those two, especially when we got to the point where Finn became a possible suspect as well. It really, to me felt like the movie was leaning towards, it's probably going to be one of these two. Um, mm-hmm. now I can't say for sure that I knew which of the two it was, but I was like, I think of these two, it's probably safe to say it's going to be one of them. Um, 
But that leans into, for me, what was kind of an issue for the movie. Um, Even though I enjoyed it a lot, I think I had so much fun in the accusation scene that I wish that we had more of those. Like, I almost Mm -hmm. kind of wish the movie had adopted more of an Among Us pacing where we would stay contained within this inn and then we'd slowly start picking characters off one by one and we'd have to return back to this neutral point and be like, okay, I know for a fact I saw you with Pete before he got his hand bit off. Like, clearly it's you. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep coming back to this scenario with, like, new evidence and new motivations because for me with those style of games that's what's really fun um so i was i gotta be honest i was a little bit disappointed when the characters split off and left the end because i was like oh this is what i was kind of waiting for for the whole movie like i was like a little saddened by that um so like in that way although i really enjoyed that aspect it also led me to kind of wish that the movie took a different direction than what it took yeah and it's like when they first left i kind of felt that same feeling like i was bummed when everybody kind of got up and left the inn but i then i really like where they went with it though and so once we started to get into that aspect i didn't find myself wishing that they had stayed at the inn anymore only because it went in such a different direction that i was excited that they had explored this idea of you can really tell through because of through the accusations and the buildup of everything and not into also adding on the pipeline issue you can really tell that these neighbors have started to grate on each other and have really gotten kind of to their last inch worth of patience with each other and that Mm -hmm. this all of these accusations and and the fear and the anger that has boiled up has kind of put all of them at the at their boiling points and so when they all break off i was like yeah why wouldn't some of them use this situation to their advantage to get rid of some people and have a valid mm-hmm. excuse of saying well it wasn't me it was you know the werewolf or whatever the, the werewolf, because there's uh. already yeah there's already been death and they're already expecting potentially more people to die so i actually thought that that was really cool because that's the moment when i really thought there's no werewolf uh, there's no mm-hmm. werewolf it's just these neighbors are losing it kind of a thing Mm -hmm. now i did see a lot of people um in a couple of reviews that i've read being disappointed that you don't see the werewolf until the end or like being like Mm -hmm. this movie's called werewolves within where's the werewolf yada 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 i gotta be honest i'm kind of with you where if there was no werewolf in this entire movie I wouldn't have been upset because Mm -hmm. I think the concept and idea that one of us is a literal wolf in sheep's clothing is enough to push the true narrative of this. Whereas this is a really dysfunctional town that was already on a breaking point. We just happen to be Mm -hmm. here when shit hits the fan. So I was I was completely okay with the idea that there wasn't going to be a werewolf. Um, But there is there 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 is in fact a werewolf. We do. (laughs) 
the, we do get that so don't worry yeah for all of you naysayers who are like there must be werewolf mm-hmm. yeah we do get it right up there at the end but i think especially too with the idea of a werewolf because a lot of these monster movies is always touching on this feeling of like the fear of of what's within and i feel like with werewolves it's like the fear of the beast within breaking free and like you losing control and that animalistic side of you taking over and there's nothing you can do to stop it but i and i feel like that's still even without a werewolf that's still a topic that is covered in this movie because of what they do because everybody allows this really primal and violent instinct within them to break forth and they're taking each other out and it didn't even need to be that way it's like it's not even that serious so but they all kind of allow that to come out in this one night just because they're all fearful and angry at each other and frustrated and and they allow that to kind of dictate the actions that they take and as a result all die besides the um, outsiders for the most part the mm-hmm. people who kind of had like broken off and and not necessarily been totally involved in all of that are the ones that kind of stay out of it and everybody who's been within this town and yeah should be the ones who have each other's backs they're the ones who completely stab each other in the back just because the other person mm-hmm. isn't necessarily agreeing or doing what they want them to do. So yeah, even if there hadn't have been a, a werewolf in this, I still feel like Werewolves Within is still an accurate title. <laughs> um, just same, because same. it doesn't always necessarily have to be about actually having a werewolf. I think it's just more of that feeling and that instinct that all of these people possess and have allowed to come out because of the idea of a werewolf because yeah that's super important is even at this point finn i think mostly out of everybody is like there's no werewolf (laughs) there is no (laughs) werewolf what are are we doing here (laughs) yeah you guys are just losing it he still is highly convinced of that until the very end um, so I could see how people would be upset about that. Cause I do think that, yeah, you, maybe you go into this thinking that it's going to be much more, the werewolf is going to be much more of an aspect than it actually is. But the werewolf for the majority of the movement of the movie is almost more of an idea that spurs the plot and the actions forward and then is realized mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. So I, I kind of think a lot of those criticisms and even my own criticisms with kind of where I wanted the movie to go lie just in our expectations and us kind of wanting a particular movie where, rather than accepting the movie that is presented to us here, um, which, again, is a really fun whodunit um, that has a shit ton of really good comedy and um, some like decent, decent um deaths i think granted this movie was working on a little bit lower of a budget so there's only so much they Mm -hmm. can do with like the death scenes and whatnot but i feel like for what they could do they did a really good job and i did enjoy like most of the deaths um particularly the gwen marcus sequence that was just funny as fuck (laughs) (laughs) that was good that was good marcus with his freddy krueger claw (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that one was good also trisha's death is pretty 
pretty freaking good as well for me. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good one too. Especially everybody's reaction to it is is really great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I, th- I definitely think that criticism is valid because I do think there is a version of this movie that could potentially show the werewolf more often. Uh, but it just kind of, it depends on what you do. Because if you show the werewolf more often, I, I think you kind of give up the the skepticism of the the townspeople but Mm -hmm. you could have potentially maybe have had shown it but i think it i think it once we see the design of the werewolf the way that this werewolf is they couldn't have shown it because you can tell that it's still you can tell that it's her you know what i mean like she's a werewolf but it's her. So I feel like because it's not more of a general broad werewolf design, it, you would have definitely, if nothing else, you would have known it was one of the women seeing that werewolf if we had seen it prior to the reveal at the end. Yeah, most definitely. Um, which if you haven't caught on by now, or if you haven't watched the movie, um, Cecily was in fact the werewolf. And mm-hmm. we do kind of end in this showdown between um werewolf cecily and a now stabbed in the stomach uh <laughs> finn wheeler which i now for how kooky and quirky this movie is i i was able to suspend disbelief in that last little confrontation but i will say finn was on death's door moments before he was chucking a mm. series of axes at this werewolf and i did clock it i will let it slide but i didn't notice yeah. that i was like this man's got a lot of adrenaline going through his body oh, to be moving yeah. the way that he is because yeah it was giving gusher a moment ago and then yeah he's kind of running around throwing axes and yeah, he must have had a huge adrenaline boost in the time. To be fair, if I saw someone transforming into a werewolf, I hope my body would kind of pet me up. But yeah, he definitely That's true. He, he definitely kind of comes out sweet, which I did. I thought that was fun, too. She had she had shown him how to properly throw an axe earlier and he like uses mm-hmm. it now doesn't hit her spot on but at the same time it's much different when you're going for a moving target than just a piece of wood on the wall but yeah i really liked the reveal um oh one thing i do want to say too before we get too too much into the reveal is i also love the atmosphere of this movie the snow coming down the design of the lodge is awesome because it has this mm-hmm. really antique feel to it. But then it kind of reminds you of like a, just a bigger version of a cabin, which is what a lodge is. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice, too, because I think uh, Sicily refers to the lodge as a mansion at one point. And I think that mansions are a location in a setting that have become inherently tied to mysteries and for a lot of especially older mystery stories you expect them to occur in a big house and so i like that even though it's not the whole 
low setting and the only place that they're at i do like that the lodge becomes a pretty big focal point for the story because i do think that that's just such a huge staple for the mystery genre and also too because i think in the beginning the lodge kind of takes on as a lot of times you know situations like this do where you go to a house and you're like yay we got to the house and it's safe i think the lodge kind of takes on the role of a safe haven for most of the people in the town and then halfway through kind of switches to almost a cage that has them potentially trapped with a werewolf and so yeah it's a good it's a good focal point for a good amount of the movie and I watched, I don't know, when I was watching it, this, it was raining, it was gloomy outside, the vibes within the lodge, the fire crackling and the setting and the True. tone of it had me feeling spooky. I will say that. I did feel spooky. Now, wait, I, I'm going to throw it in there super quick that although mm -hmm. I agree with you, 100%, I agree with you. I also absolutely love the snow and there are some great moments in there where they get it perfectly and beautifully done but i'm not gonna say i didn't clock some of that cgi snow in the background of some of those scenes that was not like the other snow that we'd seen previously mm -hmm. um there yeah. was a bit of variance there yeah. but when they got the snow right they got it right they got it 100 percent right um but again lower budget i'm letting it slide but i didn't notice it actually According to Josh Rubin, in an interview that he did with SlashFilm.com, they shot this film in the dead of winter. So all of the snow and the breath that you see in this film is real. They didn't have to add any uh, CGI or anything like that because of how cold it was. Now, that's not to say that they potentially didn't maybe add in a, or key in a little bit more snow, but it definitely also could have just been the way that it looked on camera or them filming at different times and putting different shots together. But yeah, apparently that was all real. And they shot this would have started this for sure in winter because they finished filming this on March 9th, right before the lockdown for the pandemic. So, yeah, winter shoot added to the realism. I was a little confused on why everybody couldn't leave, but then everybody was able to leave. What, did they just all walk home? They must have just walked yeah i because i i know devin and joaquin walked i just wasn't sure about like trisha and pete because pete was like also dying mm, mm -hmm. yeah i think i think for the most part they were able to get back to their homes they just couldn't leave town town i think like leaving gotcha. town is what got snowed off mm -hmm. and then um, because they didn't have power yeah because they didn't have power I, I think finn just was like it's probably a best idea for us to stay together because it just makes the most sense mm -hmm. especially with everything going on um so they were right. physically able to go home it just was kind of a dumb idea to not be all together in the same spot right and also still a dumb idea to leave because the way i would have been attached to everybody's <laughs> hips because I'm like, if this werewolf is coming out, can only get one of us at a time. Let's all be together. Big facts, big facts. But um, no, yeah, I like the final battle. It's fun. 
You know, I the reveal, I think, was really cool. I don't know why old boy's phone would have still been working, but, you know, it's whatever. I like that you see that she had gotten the part that they needed mm-hmm. for the like snow plow and the reason that she killed him was just because she needed a uniform she needed a job and like all these little different things that were that was cool because i like that because they set up early on that this is a place that she goes to to kind of hang out she says but then we we do see that that's a place that she goes to to like kind of hide all of her shit Mm-hmm. So that was a cool reveal. And I even liked their little back and forth. I think that that was great. Their yeah. conversation before she turns. I really liked that. Yeah. Because I do think you you get to hear both sides in that scenario where, um, correct me if I'm wrong or if you didn't notice this, but I did think that this movie had like a bit of like feminist undertones in terms of just like, people's Mm -hmm. assumptions about women or like certain ideas that are placed upon women i like that we had cecily there to counteract those points where on the flip side too with with finn's character um throughout the whole movie we had so many characters like beating over beating him over the head about being too nice and like not standing up for himself or yada 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 and he was able to stand up for his side as well where like he's like no i'm gonna be a good person um Mm -hmm. whether or not you want me to be or not i like that both of these characters in the end were like i'm gonna be who i'm gonna be and you're just gonna have to deal with that and Mm -hmm. they're like all right well i guess we're fighting then (laughs) i'm gonna eat them later i knew there'd be that snowstorm but that roadblock baby just You almost blew up my shit, though. You know that, right? I kept trying to turn you into one of them, but... You're pathological. And what is my pathology exactly? You're too fucking nice! Will your kumbaya speeches and your small town, gee golly goodness, blow me? This town is full of two-faced assholes, and you know it. You're a monster. Girls gotta eat. And I got dinner on ice till spring. <laughs> what? I, you mock me for being nice. This, this whole time, you've been mocking me for being nice. I mean, but you know what? I gotta tell you, I'm a nice person, right? I'm considerate, I'm compassionate, I care. People want me to change, but there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a nice person who wants to do nice things for other people and have nice people do things for other people. You know? Sorry. I gotta tell you, it's fucking okay to be nice. Pardon my language. It's effing okay to be nice. How's that for, for, you know, kumbaya bullshit? Well. In a dog-eat-dog world, you could be nice, or you could be me. Yeah, I guess we're gonna. I guess we gotta square up in that case. Yeah, because you kind of see a little bit about her 
method of what I think of is interesting about her. She can change whenever she wants. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, as soon as the moon is full, I'm I'm a werewolf. No, she has a lot of agency over what she does. So a lot of it is her choice, her decision, what she's doing. And so like coming to find out that she like only attacked Pete's hand specifically. There was a reason that she went for his hand because he was over touchy. He made her feel uncomfortable and she didn't like that. I didn't like that either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I, I, I do definitely think there's a feminist quality to this. I feel like there's an interesting conversation in this one just in general about like gender roles because I do think a lot of that also can do oh, with very true, their very true. whole idea of like be a man, man up and how that's just not a fucking inappropriate thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, think, I think that's more in tune with it. It's like it's more about like gender roles and like people fitting a specific mold. I really agree with that. And this idea that even having i mean even having gender roles is completely constructed by society we have over time decided what is manly and what is feminine and it's so it's all completely made up and yet sometimes those same ideals continue to be brought through life and it's like what is even being nice have to do with masculinity nice is just an overall (laughs) compassionate emotion that people hopefully should feel and secondly why i think even you could say that maybe you would assume that a werewolf would be a man and so and she's also had to put on this like entirely different persona just to seem like that woman that you would not expect to have these more confident and assertive tendencies so yeah i think maybe it's just uh putting a spotlight on how both of them have these specific aspects of themselves that i think people would maybe conflate with the opposite sex which is just uh not true (laughs) a lot of these people kind of play into how they feel they should be or maybe what they perceive that maybe society is wanting them to be Mm -hmm. and in the end they kind of say no i i don't need to do that i can just do what i do and be what i am and that's cool because i think even in the end with janine when she kind of breaks out of that motherly oh i'll take care of you kind of a thing and she's like no fuck you guys make your own sandwich kind of Mm-hmm. ending so i think that yeah it just kind of feels like everybody is able to say it doesn't matter that i'm this or i'm that like i'm just gonna be the person that i am now of course in cecily's case she is a werewolf and she is trying to kill finn and like good for you uh for doing what you need to do but but what did he Finn, but finn didn't do nothing yeah. <laughs> finn didn't do nothing to you <laughs> yeah and i mean i think she does even admit too that like he was kind of a harder target because he was so goddamn nice so it was like difficult to i guess go after him the one thing that was confusing to me though and i don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things honestly but the whole romance between them i was kind of confused it on her regard of like was she actually into him or was it all a ruse? Because like, I kind of assume that she just wasn't, 
But then for me, it just made the moment when he was like dying and like she was there like comforting him. It made that weird to me because I'm like, Mm -hmm. why bother with that if he's going to die anyway and you don't genuinely care whether or not he dies? Like, why keep Mm -hmm. the ruse there still? I think that was the one part where I was a little confused. So the way that I saw her whole plan is that I don't think she ever liked Finn. I think she was just trying to get like Finn on her side and maybe distract. Because since he's the ranger, he's going to be the first one who's probably going to clock what she's doing. So I Mm. feel like she was kind of trying to like get him on her side and just like get close to him. And then I feel like she was mad he was so nice because her whole plan was to get everybody to point fingers at each other and kind of like put put a rift between the towns so that when people went missing it wasn't that big of a deal but then here comes finn like oh love thy neighbor (laughs) and she was like are you fucking serious so i think she was irritated that Mm. he was trying to bring everybody together when she was trying to push everybody apart and i think that's part of the reason that she kind of like was was mean to him and was like man up blah 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 blah. maybe you need to grow some balls and was kind of like egging him on is because i think she was hoping he would do what we discussed earlier and kind of like snap and he didn't he was always super nice what i think happened at the end was i do definitely feel like i don't think she would have killed him if he didn't find out because i think that Mm. she can choose i think she does have like because why didn't she kill janine i do think she didn't ever plan on killing janine like i think she was just kind of gonna live there and benefit and benefit from janine allowing her to live there maybe she could have benefited yeah like if she if she could have be kept that going with finn maybe she could have benefited from that because he never thought there was a werewolf but i think he just discovered what was happening and she was like okay well kind of gotta eat you now sorry yeah kind of a thing that's fair that's fair i could (laughs) <laughs> I subscribe to that. But um but yeah, what did you think of the werewolf design? I do want to ask you. You know, I didn't dislike it. I will say like I Honestly, it's hard. It's hard to say because I don't have a particular design in mind for my ideal werewolf. I'll admit that. Yeah. Like I don't know what I'm like, damn, that's a good werewolf for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was I was okay with the Cecily werewolf. Um, the final design, I thought that it served its purpose. And I really like the transformation, which I think is almost sometimes more important than the final look in itself. Mm-hmm. I think her changing was cool and interesting enough that I was down with whatever the final design was going to be anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'd say, yeah, it was cool. I was cool with it. What about gotcha. you? I want, I wanted her to be a little bigger. I wanted like a little bit a little more. little expansion. A little bit more fluff or padding or something. Um, mm-hmm. cause yeah, I just wanted her to be a little bigger. I feel like that would have been just added like more power and dynamic to her because she really does just seem like she's basically her form just with hair (laughs) kind of a thing you know what Um, she kind of reminded me of which might sound terrible but um (laughs) she reminded me of the 
of the little kid in Jumanji when he gets turned into a monkey. <laughs> like, yeah, the way that yeah. his face looks in the fur. That's what it kind of looked like to me. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. It is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. But yeah, you're right. It's not bad. It's it works for me and. And I think it works in regards to this story, but I just wanted it to be a little bit more wolf like Mm -hmm. or maybe a little bit more ambiguous because earlier when Pete gets attacked, both him and Gwen are very unsure of what it was that got him. But I'm looking at her. I was like, you're I mean, I know it was dark, but But. (laughs) you you didn't see that. Um, So I feel like if maybe or maybe even if her face was more snouty, that would have been Mm. pretty cool, I think. But yeah, yeah, but not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, it was it was solid enough for what I needed. Again, I was fully ready to accept a movie with no werewolf. So I'm I'm just happy that I got a little werewolf at the end. That's fine with me. I was just stoked about there being a werewolf but yeah and then it kind <laughs> of ends right with her dying and like i said presumably the town um the whole town being dead basically. yeah it's just uh all we got left is finn emerson and janine and that is the entirety of the population of beaverfield at that point <laughs> beaverfield. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately oh but yeah that is that's it. That is, that is werewolves, werewolves within. Now we got to think of what to rate this one out of. And I'm um, homemade. Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead. You first. No, 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 no. You hit me. Hit me. I was just. I was just gonna say homemade Kruger claws. True. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> That's very very true. Homemade Kruger claws might be the one. Let me see if I can think of anything else in this. No, the only thing that I could think of was like Chachi, like Chachi name tags or something. Chachi collars. Chachi collars. I'd be down for either of those, honestly. Truth be told. Oh, no. No, I'm really 50 50. I'm 50 50. I'm sorry. Come on now. I'm indecisive, and you know this. (laughs) um let's you know what i love the claws but let's go with chachi collars let's do the collars i don't think we're gonna we're gonna be seeing very many chachis in the future so that's true but i can name a a nightmare on elm street that did have a homemade homemade crew claws so all right fair enough for that chachi collars (laughs) it is uh erica why don't you go first i'm going to give werewolves within i'm gonna do 4.9 out of five wow okay colors hell yeah i don't know i love this movie (laughs) i was digging it i was really into it i had a really fun time with this movie i'm not gonna give it a full five out of five because i will say i think for the first 10 minutes it took me a little bit to get into it and just get involved in the universe get acquainted with the characters and then like i said i was a little bit wary in the beginning between how similar finn and cecily were Mm -hmm. um but 
once that shift happened, I was on board. I was in it to win it. I was down for it. I was nervous. I was trying to figure it out. And I like that I maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm dumb, but I really didn't know who it was the whole time. And I really liked that. I liked that this movie kind of took me by surprise. The it's funny. There were a ton of moments that made me laugh out loud. And I think the acting in it is really good. The story is compelling to me. And I love the setting. I love the tone of it. I love the atmosphere. And this just feels like one that I'm probably going to go back and rewatch fairly often. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 4.9 Chachi Collars out of five. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, I think I will give Werewolves Within 4.6 out of 5 Chachi Collars. Uh, still up there because I did really, really enjoy this movie. Uh, it's a ton of fun, and I love a good horror comedy. It's one of my favorite genres, and um, I think that, again, Josh Rubin knocked it out of the park with the directorial style. I just really enjoy the way that he shoots things. It's very in line with like a lot of other directors that i enjoy this one in particular reminded me a lot of Shaun of the dead yeah definitely had mm -hmm. some like edgar wright vibes there and i appreciated that because i feel like for this very wonderful cast of characters who all got portrayed uh magnificently um i think it they both lean into each other very well and create this really fun time that really for me went by super quick um I think this movie has a lot of rewatchability. I think it would be a great movie to watch with friends, especially people who haven't seen it, who don't know the reveal. I think it would be fun to like go through the experience with them and like see how they felt about things and get to enjoy the laughs together. Um, I think my biggest, my biggest con and the only reason why it doesn't get rated even higher is I did feel like for the whodunit aspect of this movie even though I didn't know exactly who was the werewolf up until the very end, it did feel like there was a bit of an imbalance in terms of which characters it could be and which characters it couldn't be. I think I would have loved to see that played with a little bit more to have some more characters potentially be in the running to really be the werewolf um, as opposed to just a couple of them. But outside of that, really fun time. Had me laughing out loud in several different moments. Um, again, for the fun factor alone, I'm probably going to be rewatching this sometime very soon. And so, yeah, enjoyed it. Really, really good. 4.6 out of 5 Chachi Collars. <laughs> nice. Also, shout out to Joaquim for being dead on with his guess of who the werewolf was. Um, right? <laughs> you did good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were right. Wait, that, that actually... That reminds me, I did look it up, and that is not like a huge thing, but that is totally a thing with the seventh like the seventh son. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a real superstition. The seventh son of the seventh son is very likely to obtain the curse of becoming a werewolf. I was like, no mm. way, that's a real thing. That's a real <laughs> thing, apparently. Oh wow! No, yeah. I was just gonna say. Also, I just love Harvey Gillian. So. <laughs> I yeah, I was like, oh, he's gonna be excited because I didn't know he was in this movie. So I was, Me neither. I, when I saw him, I was like, oh, Roche, it's gonna be so excited. 
<laughs> but yeah, he was spot on with his guests. Um, so shout out to our fallen soldier, Joaquin, <laughs> who honestly should have survived this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not have been mad if he had survived, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> But that is it for us, homies. We hope that you have enjoyed our discussion about Werewolves Within. And if you have watched this movie, we'd love to hear what you thought of it. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to talk to us in our Discord, the link for that is in our social media bios. Our Discord is the place where all the homies hang out and should chat about all things horror and a little bit of some other stuff. So if you want to come have some more in-depth discussion, say what's up to us and other homies. Like I said, the link for that is in our bios. Or you can email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this today, the day that it comes out, that means it's Monday, which means we are streaming on Twitch tonight. We will be playing a spooky game, having some drinks, having some chit chat, and in general, just kind of hanging out. So if you guys would like to come through, we would love to say hi to you. So if you're looking for that link, it's also in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you would be so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that yet, we would love for you to. Or if you're listening over on Spotify, just scroll up to our name, hit the star underneath, and rate us there as well. But that is it for us thank you guys for hanging out one thing i will super duper request is if you guys have any werewolf movies that you for sure for sure for sure would like us to cover in the future please throw them our way because we obviously need to catch up true uh with the werewolf movies kind of gotta rack them up on the podcast so if you guys wouldn't mind doing that we would love for you to do so but other than that homies have a good rest of your week Catch you next time, homies. Bye. You're done being nice for no reason. I want you to scream. Ah! Chapter five. Let's all chant the word balls. 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 balls.